You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the Horn. The Horn. Guests on the Horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Oh, man, people are going crazy here. It says, does Rita Ballou count as a celebrity in my phone? That's hilarious, the great <laughs> Rita Ballou. This says, E, I'm with you. 342 photos, but I clean out frequently. One of my best friends texted me to say, 300 pictures, that's so you. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Look, I, I have pictures. I, I do clean it out quite a bit, and I... I have pictures of my son's wedding from last year, and I don't, know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't just keep random pictures. Yeah, That's for my yeah, wife to You've do. made me feel like my, my sister-in-law, who's great about taking pictures, and I didn't think I well, took Well, I don't take a pictures. lot of pictures either. Well, I didn't think I did, but apparently I do. Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm kind of like, like Ty over there. I don't always like pictures of me, so I try to stay out of pictures. I take a lot of pictures of like my friends and right. stuff when we're out. And I don't do that. I, like, usually with, with my wife, she takes the pictures. And so her phone's probably got... 10 million pictures. Yeah, I take unflattering pictures of my friends so that I have something good when they call. <laughs> like right. when they call me, it comes up and they're like, their face is all distorted or they're drunk or something and it just yeah, makes right. me laugh. See, I've got, uh, there's a picture of the Wilco set list from the other night in Tulsa that I sent to my buddy because we're going to the show tomorrow. So I got a picture of that awesome. for him. You and Higgs. Wilco. <laughs> got a picture of the sunrise from the other morning that I took from here at the station. Oh, there's a picture of, uh, Oh, yeah, that was at the Jason Isbell show that you and I went to a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Don't tell Tom Gimble because you're not supposed to take pictures <laughs> at ACL tapings, but I snapped one on my way at the very end. I always sneak one as well. I always let the people I'm with sneak one, and then I'm like, tag me, and then I'll just repost and be like, yeah, I can't control it. Sorry. <laughs> I know, I wanted I, to they, post you know, it, but I know like Terry Lacone would be like, what are you doing? I just, gave away, I just gave away my trade You're never secret. coming again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Also, famous people in your phone. This says, uh, guys, I have 8,130, but we have three daughters. This is uh, Nick That's Saban. Fair. Famous, most famous person in my phone. That's oh, cool. that's a cool one. Can you give us that number? Yeah, can we have that? <laughs> uh, mine would be my brother. He's Sark and Quinn's barber. He cut the mullet. Come on. Oh, wow. That's fame right there. That is. Those and Sark's got a pretty hands. good dude. I wonder how, ask your brother how often Sark gets his haircut. It's got to be pretty often because he's always looking high and tight. Yeah, he looks fresh. Looking good. Uh, how about this? Most, well, we'll wait to say this until he comes on with us, but this guy says my most famous person on my phone is Bob Baloo. So we got Rita Baloo and Bob Baloo, but Bob Baloo is going to join us here in a moment. Uh, is there said, any relation there? Uh, I do not believe so. Uh, that's, that's a pretty Rita Baloo's name. Is, last name. I would just well, Rita Baloo's name is not Rita Baloo. Right. Bob Baloo's name. Wait, Bob Baloo. Bob Baloo. Yes. Yes. Bob Rita Baloo was a. Wasn't that the Guy Clark song? Right? Yes. That was a Guy yeah. Clark song. It's a, yes. Yeah. It's a kick character it's a, in, a, in a song. Great Guy Clark. song too. It is a great song. So that's where that name came. From. That is not her real name. Gotcha. But Bob Baloo, that is his real name. Bob, Bob was a standout basketball player up in the Metroplex. J.J. Uh, Pierce High. That's where my brother and sister went. J.J. Pierce High. Uh, Jessica in, Simpson. Also. Jessica, yeah, that's Bob, in, Bob what, can tell you it's in Jessica Simpson stories. Pierce is in Richardson? Mm-hmm. It's, it's on the border of Richardson, yeah. Dallas, Coit and Campbell. It says 42,000 okay. photos. Could probably get no, Nobu Matsuhisha to answer. That's a cool one. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a, a person. I just thought it was a brand. So that's cool. But yeah, he's the Japanese celebrity chef, but now he's got like his own restaurants, right? Is that right? Nobu? Yeah, yeah. Nobu's a big one. Drake talks about Nobu a lot. And you just mentioned this Drake thing. We'll talk about it more when Higgs gets in here. Mark Higgins is coming in, too, and you guys both work in that marketing realm. 
uh, NIL now with with the Longhorns. It's a big deal to get the Drake apparel line. I mean, I know we hear it and most of our audience are kind of like, oh, cool. This is impactful because Drake, who is, I mean, for, for perspective, is kind of the male version of Taylor Swift as far as a pop star. Cultural significance, yeah. Uh, and so he's come out today with a new line of clothing called, uh, what is it, October? October's very own. And yeah, so, OVO. And only seven college programs have their own, you know, line of Drake apparel that you can buy in Burn Orange. So Texas and Alabama on the football front, it looks like. And then basketball, which Drake's a big hoopster, would be Kentucky, North Carolina, Memphis, where he used to live. Yep. So I mean, that's that's exclusive, and that you said it. That's impactful on the recruiting trail. That that I don't know. They for for young people, that's a, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, and it's you know you'd be surprised at how significant things like that are. It starts to put Texas into that realm of like one of the cool brands, and and whether you like it or not, like. Kentucky, Carolina, especially Carolina, just because of Jordan and that their their colors, et cetera. That's just that's become a style piece. And if Texas can kind of infiltrate that and that association, which I think that the the association with OVO is is huge doing that. Like I think it's going to be really big because that it, the fact that we're in those conversations now shows how far this university's come in the last twenty years or so, as far as marketing, as far as exposure, and and props to the folks over there, like between CDC and. And Drew Martin and everybody there—they're they're good at what they do. When it's you know only Alabama and Texas really on the football front to have the gear with the Drake gear, which young people are going to buy, and you'll see all over the place. All right, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline, uh, where we have a conversation going on right now about most famous person in your phone. And we had a texter say the most famous person in my phone is this guest right here, our friend Bob Ballou of CBS Austin, are also our, our resident golf expert. Hello, Bob. How are you, man? I'm good. That's actually a really good question. I <laughs> yeah. like that. I'd have to. I'd have to think about that one for a minute. I, maybe. Oof. I mean, I, I would. I, there are probably some that you like. You probably wouldn't want to say. Like, there's some people that like you don't. Yeah. Maybe want people to. I don't know. But I like. I've got like Robert Ory's number, and I've always thought that was really cool. The Big Shot Bob. Like I, I'm. Yeah, the Big Shot Bob. I've. I've. I've long. Uh, when I covered the Spurs from four to seven, uh, I. I got to to know him pretty well, and. Um, just a great dude. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I, it'd be funny to go through my phone and be like, oh, I forgot I bet his number, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that all stemmed from uh, Puka Nakua, the young receiver for the Rams. They, they did like a hazing for the freshmen, for the rookies, and his his, un- his uncle is Dana White. So he called him up and he had Dana White on the <laughs> phone, which was really cool. And there's a cool video that's going on. It's gone viral now since that happened. Hey, uh, Bob, how are things, man? I saw that you played a, a member guest with our man, Aunt Geronimo. That had to be a lot of fun for you guys out there. What, Twin Creeks? No, no, it wasn't. Unfortunately, it wasn't Ant because I would give anything to play with Anthony. Uh, he's the, he's the best. Uh, it was a buddy of mine, Bob Patel, oh. who, who lives in Twin Creeks, and okay, it does uh, look like Ant a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, we had a blast. Uh, finished second in our flight, which got us into the ten team shootout, and then finished second in the shootout. Uh, I I will happily, willingly, I don't know what the right word is, uh, say that I missed a five or six footer on eighteen to force another hole um but i just put i pushed it a little but you know what uh i i grabbed the putt back i didn't hit it great and i grabbed the putt back and i hit it again right where i wanted to and it broke right so it made me feel a little better that i didn't read the putt right anyway so even if i hadn't just left my club face open uh i still would have missed the putt but (laughs) it was a blast the coolest part of it of the shootout is there are like 50 carts like everybody that's in the tournament comes out to watch you've seen some viral videos on that kind of stuff where you know, there are guys that like playing against each other and you miss a putt and everybody goes crazy. 
that's kind of what it was. It was, it was really fun to be in that moment. I was, it's so funny because all those guys are my friends. I was so nervous <laughs> and like, I don't, you know, you don't get nervous playing golf. And I was the whole, all four holes of the shootout. I was like almost terrified to hit the ball. It was really funny. Um, and it was really cool to be in that moment and see how you react to, to something like that, that you're just not really in. And I told somebody afterwards, I said, the only reason you get nervous for anything is because you're not prepared. If right. you're prepared, you feel like, whatever, I can do this. And I haven't played a lot of golf this year. And so I wasn't really prepared for the moment. And, uh, but I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, and I, I, I would thank Bob forever for inviting me, uh, to, to get to play in it. And, and, uh, we just had a blast. I've said the same thing. I used to do a, a match play tournament with a bunch of buddies, like 20 of us, and uh, 10 on 10, like Ryder Cup. And I said, I mean, you, you know, this was with no crowd. And, like, it's an important yeah. putt for your team. And, like, your, your ears are, are pounding and you can feel the pressure. Uh, and then you add a crowd to it. We had the same thing at Onion Creek this summer that was pretty cool, too. Uh, that's a great scene. And that's what we'll see. This is what makes the Ryder Cup so special. Uh, USA or Europe, the, the passionate fans. We saw it at Whist- Whistling Straits a couple years ago. And this should be great. What a scene in uh, in Rome. What have you made of this golf course so far from what you've seen in the previews of, uh, of what we're going to see starting tomorrow? Yeah, from I, I don't know if you all saw Victor Hovland made a hole-in-one on a par four today uh, in a practice round, so that was pretty cool. Um, you know, the, the, the Europeans love to do this, and I think it's great. I think this is what makes – when you set up a course um, – for, for a tournament that's on your ho- home soil, you want to set it up in favor of you. And so what they've done is they've na- all the fairways are super narrow. The rough is really thick. It's not quite as thick as it was. They had the Italian Open there, and everybody says nuts. It's very thick, but it's not as thick as it was. Um, but what Europe really wants to do is make take the short irons out of the Americans' hands. That's pretty much their whole goal in this. They want the Americans to have to hit mid to long irons, and uh, so, you know, three, four, five, six, seven irons in, as opposed to just hitting wedge every time they, they tee off and or, uh, hit a wedge into a green and then make, make it come down to a putting contest. And that's where Europe feels comfortable. There's a reason America has not won the Ryder Cup on, on opposing soil in Europe since 1993, Jeez. 30 years ago, is the last time the Americans won away from, from the U.S. So, there's a lot in the setup that I think favors Europe, and that's what they want to do when they go into an event like this. It's well said, Bob Ballou. Yeah, man, they set up the course in their favor. I remember the one that was in Ireland that was so so in their favor, and that was when the U.S. had Tiger still playing. Uh, it's a challenge, uh, but the again, it's one of these on paper. I mean, you got Sam Burns and Patrick Cantlay and Ricky Fowler, and there's uh, Brian Harmon who won uh, the, the 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 major this year. Brooks Kepka is there off of his great year, and of course, there's a little controversy with that. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, on paper, it's it's USA all the way, but we know it's not played on paper, Bob. Uh, no, it'd be really slippery. That's what I've always <laughs> said about playing the game on paper. Um, no, listen, I listen. I I think this U.S. team is about as good as it could get. Um, when you look across the board, there are, I think, seven of the 12 Americans are in the top uh, of the world golf rankings. Um, they are loaded. Uh, they, they are a loaded bunch. There's probably, I mean, short of like wanting Dustin Johnson on the team or Bryson DeChambeau on the team or Keegan Bradley, who's another one that I really thought deserved a spot, uh, you've got to be really happy and excited about what this American team brings. On paper, they are the better team. They should go into Europe and have success. That's not how this works. I think we all know that's not how this works. Um, and, and especially when you look at the European team, I mean, let's not act like this team's just like a bunch of nobodies. I mean, right. Rory McIlroy and John Rahm and, 
Victor Hovland, who's playing his best golf of his life. Tommy Fleetwood, who just thrives in this moment four years ago and when he went 5-0 and with uh, Francisco, Francesco Molinari. Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Open. He's on this team. Terrell Hatton's played the golf. And then you start going through the rookies that they have on this team, and I love their rookies. And, and it's kind of funny. When you think about a rookie in a Ryder Cup, I think a lot of times you think, oh, they're going to succumb to the pressure, going to be a little nervous. Like, I don't think that's the case at all with either of these teams. I think the rookies are going to thrive in this event. Uh, I, I think that when you look at Europe and you see like a Bob McIntyre, a guy that probably if you, you don't follow golf all that closely, you don't know all that well, this guy's been amazing overseas. Yeah. Um, Sepp Straka had a great year on the PGA Tour. Everybody kind of go, ah, Sepp Straka, whatever. No, Sepp Straka's been great. And so you kind of start going through the, uh, Ludwig Aberg, who played at Texas Tech, and is, you know, just amazing. Um, but you go back to the, to the American side of the rookies, and you see Brian Harmon and Max Homa and, and uh, Wyndham Clark. Those guys are, are battle tests. I mean, Max Homa was killing it in the President's Cup two years ago, or last year. Um, he went 5-0. and uh, Wyndham Clark didn't succumb to the pressure at all at the U.S. Open. He, he actually is probably the person I look forward to seeing most this week because he was the most cocky and the most, like, not arrogant, but just, like, had the confidence to go into the U.S. Open and say, this tournament's mine, and I'm going to take it from everybody else. So there's a lot to look forward to when you look at the rookies in this event. I just uh, – that European team – I think they get what happened two years ago when they were kicked in the face, 19 to nine yeah. and Rory McIlroy's crying after his match. I mean, it means a lot to these guys. And he talked a little bit about this week about how Luke Donald, their captains done a really good job of helping them bond and being closer together and being more of a team. And I think those type of things are the things that kind of lead you to a victory when you're, when you're going through this stuff. And uh, looking for pairings and who's playing with who. They haven't announced that yet, right? Are they going to announce that today? Is that right? Yeah, that's – yeah, that's – they have not – I don't believe they've announced it yet. You know, when, when we get on um, Italian time yeah, uh, and it's, you know, in the morning and, they're, and we're trying to figure out, like, who's well, – I think they're doing it right now. I yeah, I was, I, was, I was wondering. I was, I was kind of wondering if it was going to be, uh, you know, somewhere right now. But, yeah, so, so what we would – I would say what we would expect from the American side, at least, if nothing else – um, I think you will see a, a lot of um, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay paired together, and they will probably play most of the matches. Um, I would think we'd see Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas paired together. I think we'll see mo- them play, you know. Is that Sam, Sam Burns and just, maybe Sam Burns and Scotty Scheffler? They're good buddies too. Yeah, I will, I will be interested to see because they didn't have a lot of success together. I'll be interested to see if Zach maybe flips that a little bit and goes with Scheffler and Wyndham Clark to give Scotty a putter. Uh, Scotty's been working on his putter the last few weeks. He's, he's got a new guy that kind of helped him along as he's tried to overcome some of his putting woes. And it's funny to say Scotty Scheffler and his putting woes, considering he's number one in the world and he had the, just um, amazing. He like every tournament he was in the top 15 that he played in, but he probably would have won about seven tournaments if he had, if his putter was, you know, kind of going the way it was supposed to go. So I think that'll be an interesting thing to see if he, he keeps with the burn Scheffler match or he kind of moves on to like a Shuffler, Wyndham Clark, and give him a really good putter. Be interesting to see who Kepka's paired with. They all love Brooks Kepka. I mean, Scotty said that. Like, I know the live thing is out there, but Scotty even said at one point, like, he was $29,000 from, uh, from making this team automatically. He was, you know, he, he kills it in these events. He's a really good player. Like, they weren't going to leave him off the team. Now, you can make the argument against some of the other guys that went to the live tour. Bryson and, and Patrick Reed and, and Dustin Johnson, even though Dustin went five and zero two years ago. But yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting kind of uh, moment to see 
who they pair together, and then who ends up being really good together. I, I, I think the – I'm going to give you my wild card – not wild card. I think the most important player for the U.S. team, I think a lot of people would think maybe it's Justin Thomas just because of the controversy surrounding his selection. I personally think it's Max Homa. I think Max Homa going 5-0 and in the President's Cup and showing what he showed there, uh, he's been so good. He's won six tournaments, uh, three since the beginning of 2022. I think Max Homa is the guy to look to to see what what um, how many points can he get because I think that's going to be what, what really boosts the Americans this weekend. All right, buddy. It's great to hear you. Wish you were still with us talking golf on Saturday mornings. Hopefully we can get that back at some point. But, man, great to hear you. Hope to see you soon at a Longhorn game or an event. And uh, thanks for doing that. We'll talk maybe on Monday once we all know what happens over in Rome. Can I make a prediction? Please. I'm taking Europe. Ooh. I know it's it's really that's, – that's not out on that direction limb. I think everybody's going. I'm going Europe. I just – there's just too much there. There are too many guys that care too much. Uh, about that event on the European side, and I think I think Europe somehow figures out a way to get it done. Can't wait to watch. Got to get up early to do it on uh, Italian time, but, man, it's going to be worth it. It's one of the great events every two years of the sports calendar. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate you. We'll be watching you on CBS, CBS Austin, okay? All right, sounds good. All right, Bob Blue. There it is. Yeah, most famous person in your phone. Hey, by the way, speaking of uh, coming out and seeing us, we're going to be out tonight. Don't forget, it's uh, a home game, so Thursday with our friends at Bud Light. We're going to be at Little Woodrose on Palmer Lane with a Little Woodrose while we're out there. We're going to get ready for that Packers and Lions game. You could register to win some college football tickets. You could also uh, get some Bud Light buckets for 20 bucks. Bud Light photo contest to win an autographed UT football. And uh, Patrick Davis in the Sports Complex will be there live. I will be joining him. Ty Henderson's going to come by, too, if he can get his car fixed or find his keys or whatever the latest problem is he's having. You need a ride out there, Ty? Pick, uh, no. pick you up. You know, be your Uber. He's got time for the Uber yeah. this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick Shuley is here. Uh, Mark Higgins is going to join us coming next. We'll take your thoughts on the golf. Here's a text that says, My son and his wife and their friends are in Rome to support Scotty, Jordan, and USA. Very cool. This That's guy cool. says I have seven, I have two thousand four hundred fifteen photos in my phone and seven hundred and thirty-five videos. Oh, wow. You are stocked. Uh, Kepka and Scheffler will be good because Scotty loves him. Good idea, right there. Uh, Derek Johnson, most famous person on my iPhone. I fix his iPads and phones. See, that's, that's a cool nice. one. The legendary lifetime Longhorn. Uh, this is I have a friend who has a personal message from Rick Barnes. We also have this. Uh, I have Quan Cosby and Rod Baber's number. Nice. Uh, and then how about this one? We asked about Sark getting his haircut. Because we, we got a text that most famous person in your phone. Uh, this guy says, my brother, because he cuts Sark's hair and he cut the Quinn Ewers mullet. <laughs> he says, my brother goes up. To, he says he gets cut every Wednesday during the season, Sark does, once a week. My brother goes up to the stadium, cuts Sark, also Banks, Flood, Jackson, and Worthy, etc. Does all of them. Look at they come to him. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, we'll come back. When we do, Mark Higgins joins us. We'll keep the conversations going. Ty is here. Nick is here. Mark Higgins joins us next. You're on Hook em Up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hey, it's uh, a busy Thursday. We're watching the Ryder Cup. We just talked to Bob Ballou, and I asked him about the pairings. They're actually happening right now because it's evening in uh, Rome. They're doing a big uh, presentation. Uh, Captain Zach Johnson is about to announce his uh, teams and picks for who's going to go head to head-to-head in the first round of action. I will say that um, it's always interesting to see golfers without their hat on. <laughs> you know, I remember when I would see Tiger Woods without a hat on, you're like, it just it looks like a different person. It's, it's like seeing a football player without the helmet, right? It's like 
That's weird. <laughs> baseball players, too, the same way, because you always see them in a hat. And, uh, of course, they always have the sun. Right. Know, right. Like their 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 forehead is white and their face is all they're, they're tan or red. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a <laughs> common theme in cycling as well. Like uh, for weird tan lines. <laughs> yes. Uh, for sure. Golf too. I mean, you get the you, on your arms. You get the golfer's tan or the farmer's tan. Uh, okay. So we got a lot going on. Good stuff with Bob Ballou. Uh Earlier this morning, we talked to Ari Temkin. At was great. Preview in Texas and Kansas. We're going to re re rack that coming up in our ten o'clock hour because I think it's good. For his Ari used to work for us. Now then he went to San Antonio. Now he's in in Dallas working on Sirius XM's college no, Big Twelve radio, and so he covers the Big Twelve daily, talking to coaches and and insiders. And uh, he went to Kansas, so he'll give you a good thought on the Kansas Jayhawks and Lance Leipold and what they're bringing. So we'll get that next hour. But uh, joining us to make it a three man booth or four with tie through the glass, but three in this room uh, is Mark Higgins with Clark Field Creative as well, and uh, longtime Austinite doing great work. Athletic relations, athlete relations is what we're saying. You and Kim Kardashian, I said. <laughs> he actually, yeah. he, he does run the show. How are like you, I, It's not a joke. I'm doing well, doing well. Getting ready for the uh, big game. A little nice little weekend coming up. Nice weekend, a lot of sports. And you, and you and I are going to be at the Wilco show on Friday. We are. I'm taking my, uh, my oldest is into music. And uh, Wilco hasn't been here in about four years. So he's been listening. So he's looking forward to it. Cool. I'm taking him out there. And it's interesting for me because this new album that comes out the same day, it's called Evicted, Wilco's new latest album. And it was produced by a Welsh artist, a female named Kate Lebon. Mm-hmm. Kate Lebon. And if you know Wilco, the band out of Chicago, they produce their own records. Own records I mean, yeah. They've got their own loft and studio where they make all their own music. And interesting that they brought an outsider in to produce this record. It'll be how it's different. Yeah, I think that, that might be the first or maybe well, not since early records. Yeah, way back. Right? With, with, uh, AM. Yeah, all those. So yeah. interesting to hear that. That'll be out coming up uh Friday, which is tomorrow, and then the concert's tomorrow night at the Moody Amphitheater downtown. Looking forward to that with Higgs. And going to the game on Saturday, you guys will come out to the Mockingbird Saloon. Be ready to go. Get ready for Texas and Kansas. And um, what, uh, what, I mean, who's the most famous person in your phone, Higgs? (laughs) I heard you guys talking on the way over here. I was trying to think. I I was scrolling through it on the way up the hill here. And And they have to answer. Yeah, that's that's the, and, and Ty alluded to it, like, Guys' numbers change, or will they answer? So celebrities, you know, people get their their numbers, and all of a sudden it's like I got to change it. How you receive the number should be like like for a lot of the most famous people I mentioned, Roger Clemens. Like it's not like Roger Clemens called me or I called him. Sure, we had him as a guest. I think we had him as a guest, and I always put. I mean, for in case we have him again, so Aaron doesn't have to send me the number or whatever. I always put all the guests in my phone. Right, I've accumulated a good a good amount of cool phone numbers, but do they wouldn't know? I think they have to know. At least yeah, I could are. call Nolan Ryan and he, I think he would answer. Well, I he know that, who you are, though. So I yeah. think it's a twofold. Yeah, that's that works then for me. It's a twofold question: is who's the most famous person in your contact book, and who's the most famous person who would answer? Yeah, I mean McConaughey would probably answer. Matthew. Yeah. yeah. Well, you need to call him, send him a text, and tell him that hey, man, people are mad at you for going to the Colorado <laughs> game, not this that. Texas game. But then I was looking; I had Jerry Seinfeld's number in my phone. Oh, wow, that's big. That was a big one. I thought Trump card. Trump he card. actually, he actually, this is a, and if we got time, I'll tell a quick story. He called me. I, I didn't know it was him. The number came up private. I thought it was someone from my family, so I didn't answer it. And I was home from work early. I was watching Seinfeld on TV. <laughs> and he called you. And I listened to the voicemail, and it was Jerry Seinfeld. And he was like, hey, Mark. He's like, I'm calling about getting those bikes. He wanted free bikes because, you know, he's, you know, we're having bake sales with Jerry. He's a little, little light on cash. <laughs> free bikes. Oh, man, that's hilarious. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, great one. Uh, so, Higgs, for people to know, you worked closely with Lance Armstrong for a long, long time. Yeah, I was part of a group here called Capital Sports and Entertainment, um, and they managed Lance, and I did an internship when I was in college. Uh, I guess it was during his second tour win, uh, around 2000. I graduated from UT with a sports management major, and then 
had a job with uh, his agent, Bill Stapleton, longtime friend, and um, you know, Lance started kicking off tour wins, and then I became his day-to-day manager for about 21 years. Golly. So you went through the ups and the downs, I'd I did, say. I did. I've seen, I've seen them all. Yeah. Well, and so I, I thought it'd be interesting to ask you what you see with this, you know, Taylor Swift mania and Deion Sanders. I mean, you, I mean, when Lance Armstrong was at the top and was winning seven Tour de France's and, uh, you know, curing you know, the cancer battle and the Live Strong bracelet, I mean, he was as high a, an A-lister as there was, right? He, you sure. guys were going everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was a kid who never got on an airplane until I was 20 years old, and I spent, we were spending about 180 nights a year on the road. Around the world, so um, yeah. But the Taylor stuff, and you know, and Dion, like these things don't happen without a plan. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, and it might not be Dion, and it might not be Taylor, but there, there's people, you know, I wouldn't say pulling the strings, and and both of them are huge, notable uh, personalities, so they definitely have input into how it's going to go down. But you just don't randomly, oh, I think I'm going to go to the Chiefs game this weekend, like. There's there's calls to be yeah, made. I, I asked Nick earlier talking. in the week, how many people do you think are in Taylor Swift's PR team or on it? It's 15, 20. Yeah, I was going to say at least a dozen. <laughs> and it's, it's like a firm that runs yeah. her Oh, 100%. PR. So but, she, doesn't, she doesn't do anything without, it's, hey, Taylor will be here today. And is that kind of that deal? Yeah, and I also think for her, too, like everything is vetted. Every tweet, every Instagram thing is probably run the traps, make sure we're not tagging someone who's of controversy, make sure that it's, you know, there's a schedule. And she's not going to, you know, have a couple, you know, vodka cranberries and start, you know, firing (laughs) off some Instagram, you know, things in the middle of the night. That just doesn't, you know, her her stuff is calculated. Well, and in your case, it's fair to say that, that, you know, from the highs of the highs, you had to be there when it got really bad. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, definitely some dark times and, um, you know, it was something where you're like, wow, this is really happening. So it was, um, you know, interesting to be around just to see it too as, as well, just be kind of be involved in it and be inside that bubble and like, oh, wow, things are, are not going great. <laughs> things are not going great. Uh, and safe to say, uh, all the way, I'm, I'm assuming all the way to like the Oprah interview that we did. Uh, I was there in the room, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all Oprah. That was like uh, something else for Austin, Texas. But, man, what a ride. No pun intended. But uh, Did Oprah come here? She did. Did it in the Four Seasons. Yeah, Four Seasons Hotel. I it was right next to our office. Is that where he dropped dropped the news, or he finally confirmed? I, I'm not aware of the Oprah interview. Oh, it was yeah. an. It was just you know kind of a one on one interview with her, and kind of just you know laid it all out and kind of confessed. Yeah, that's big O. Yep, Oprah Winfrey. Yep, and uh, in the Four Seasons Hotel, Mark Higgins was there in the room, and uh, now doing great work with the Clark Field Creative. And what's been your read? You you you've been as you said, you went to UT and uh, have been around this realm your your whole career and whole life. What is uh, what's your read on how this has impacted college athletics, college athletes, and what just what you're seeing ground level? Yeah, I've, I've had a unique experience, you know, kind of running with a pro athlete for 20 years, and and Lance is very polished and very professional and knows what he's doing, and you know, on time, punctual knows what he wants. And so to have it on the whole other side now is a bunch of amateur kids who, you know, and quite frankly, some of these kids were 17, 18 years old. I mean, you know, to, to have them, they're in this spotlight. And I told a bunch of them like, hey, you guys are professionals now. You're being paid. You got to show up to places on time. You got to show up and do the work. So it's, 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 it's a nice dichotomy of, hey, I had the pro guy and now you get, but you also get to input these guys and give some advice like, hey, you know, if I was you, I would do maybe this way or maybe when you do this post, you know, tag this person. So it's it's been interesting and, and, and some are really good at it and some are way mature beyond the years and some have work to do, but it's natural. I have teenagers and, you know, I, I, if I threw them into the spotlight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if I threw them in the spotlight, I'm sure they're going to make mistakes too. So you just try to help and, and try to encourage them and, and kind of help them along and, and just, you know, make sure they're getting better every day. 
Yeah, and I think I think it's kind of it, it's 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 actually really interesting because Higgs and my experience with Lance and that and and like he said, Lance being so polished, Lance was so pro. Like you can say whatever you want about Lance, but like you know, we'll we'll fight you on some of it because he is one of the sharpest. Like he is not he was not someone that that you could pretty much tell what to do or or tell him how to how to handle things. So we had interesting things where we would plan out certain things that were happening or certain moments, but then a lot of it was reactive and 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 figuring out how you respond to things, how how all these things happen. And we're talking good and bad. I'm not talking, you know, the downfall. And I think it's it we learned a lot of good lessons and it's things that we can kind of send on to the kids. And I think, you know, we've learned it through Bo Jackson too and just how he handles himself of like teaching these kids that, you know, what you do has an effect. What you say has an effect. Like these things are th- these things are very important. Where you show up, what you do online, all of these things go into what your brand is, and that's important for these kids to understand. Because whether you like it or not, the second you report to campus or the second you you know whatever are are, are representing the University of Texas, like you got the you've got a big microscope on you, and things are it's it's not it's not like it was in high school. It's not it's not like that anymore. And you were the biggest star at your high school, probably yep. most of these guys, and you were a big deal locally and in, in, in that realm but now it's and now if you're going to take the money right you're uh, but you know having covered ut as long as i have i i firmly believe it's part of ricky williams problems were the bubble that they kept him in here like when ricky williams went off to the nfl he was shocked into like oh my gosh all the cameras i mean john McGon- bianco is a great friend but they really sheltered and bubble those guys back in the day vince young same kind of thing and I, I am a huge advocate that these kids that you guys you call them, some are going to handle it well, some are going to struggle at times, but they're having to learn it uh, early on. So they're having to deal with people outside of their football life. Yeah, and I know people want to rag on and 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 just make fun of and how bad social media is, but some of these kids have grown up on it. That's and all I they think know, you yeah. know a guy like a Ricky or a Vince, if they, I'm not saying they should have had social media, but if they had that outlet where they can, you know, kind of mold themselves and mold a brand. Where you're not just thrown into the deep end once you get into the NFL. I yeah. mean, well, well you, I think of him. Go ahead. Nary, no, no, I go think ahead. I think of Ricky, Cedric Benson, Vince Young. They all. I mean, and Cedric had issues. The late great Cedric Benson. He had he had off field run ins. But you know, you know, when Bucky, my former co host, was working at Texas, I mean, he was he was cleaning up messes all the time. Uh, but now they have to be more aware of their surroundings, more aware of things. You can't. You got to be an adult quicker, which is a good thing. That's one of the things I like about NIL. And Nick and you and I have talked about that. Yeah, and, and look, social media. Social media is great because it gives everyone a voice. Social media is terrible because it gives everyone a voice. Yeah. So like, it's there is the the plus and the minus of that. But I also think like it's like you just said, Aaron, like that. You know who these kids are. We have a better idea now because they can talk to the world. The world can talk to them. They know what their fans are saying and they know what they're doing. And I think that's that's important. And we always talk to them about it, is like what you put out there is is kind of who you are. Or we'll you know we'll see some of these kids' profiles or things like that or what they do online. And then you meet them in person and you're like, hey, you are so dynamic. You're so impressive. You have so like they're they'll tell us these like. Like things they're into, or it's like I love video games, or I love this, and it's like people want to know that people care, and so it's like putting the things out there and like and being who you are online is important. And if the kids just want to be private, that's fine too. But it's 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 understanding that you your brand starts now, and your brand's probably already started, honestly, from your high school recruiting, et cetera. Yeah, uh, Clark Field Creative with uh, Mark and Nick, and uh, obviously that that is the for profit version of the Texas One Fund, which is nonprofit. But you guys help there as well where you can. And, uh, you know, what do you guys, and we'll pick this up throughout the, the rest of the program, and if you have a question for these guys on NIL that you've been dying to ask or want to know just from their experience, they don't have all the answers, but certainly more than most, uh, hit us on the text line, 512-447-3776. But 
what you know is there any way to look at what you're seeing and say okay this is a big issue this is something that needs rectified they really got to get their hands around x y and z or is that blown out of proportion sometimes I mean, on our side, I think we're fortunate that the Texas One Fund has really gone after and we've made some great relationships in the city with a lot of nonprofits. So it's exposing a lot of the athletes to maybe like we talked about, they're, you know, newly away from home, you know, don't have mom and dad here, but taking them out into the community and seeing some things, you know, whether it's a nonprofit that focuses on hunger or a nonprofit that, you know, we go to the Dell Children's Medical Center and see, you know, you see some kids going through it and you're like, these kids can step back and say, man, I'm so lucky. I'm, I'm on a campus. I'm, you know, playing at the highest level. I've got an education paid for. I'm making a few bucks, but I'm also seeing some kids who, you know, don't have that uh, opportunity or going through something. So it's been nice to, with the One Fund and the nonprofits in, in, in Central Texas here to work with them and kind of give these kids an opportunity to see some things they probably wouldn't see if they stayed home or just, you know, didn't come me, down. And Nick, you can pick up on this because it's such a great point. Because again, that's, you get out of your bubble, but at the same time, um, you know, and it's not just football. That's the one thing you've said to me. We we work with football players, but it's it's every sport. There's 500 athletes there, and look at the university. This is the pro team of this town. So to be able to help these nonprofits and and assist them with these such visible people who before weren't allowed to do anything like that or rarely could, that's a huge thing for the nonprofits. Yeah, and and, and it's it, you know you guys have the burn orange curtain, and I mean that was always what what UT was called back in the day, and it, it was tough. Like you said, like we didn't know Ricky's personality that much. Like there were. Very controlled. Well, who's role. the basketball player you met? In it, like, oh, Terrence Rancher. You, <laughs> you couldn't have told me Terrence Rancher wasn't the biggest celebrity in in all of Austin. And I, and when I met him, I lost my mind. But I, I couldn't. You know, I, I met him at I think it was in the Burn Orange Room under the the Frank Irwin Center when Penders would come talk or whatever. And but but like there weren't a lot of those moments as a kid where you could interact with these. But now you can you can have you know one of the, one of the guys or girls show up to your birthday party. You can if you want to do things like. It's a lot more accessible than you think, and and you know we're happy to help facilitate that. Or there's ways you can do it yourself. But it's, uh, I th- I think there's these moments now where you can really get to know these kids, and I think it's better for the brand of the the university when you have all these ambassadors who are, you know, m- the majority of the time very good ambassadors for your brand and and understanding what it is. And I think, you know, this this gives the kids a chance to understand the history of the program. And you know, we we're all you know. Texas dorks and know a lot about it and, and remember, you know, Vince running into the end zone. These kids are young. These kids weren't born yet a lot of the time when 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 we're talking about that. So I think they when they get out in the community and talk to people, they start to understand how important this program is to a lot of people in the university, the history, those things. And 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 you know, I, I think we take for granted that these kids know all the history of of Texas. I, I mean, I said it to one of them, I forget who it was. I was like, Yeah, this is the best team we've had here since since 08 and they were like oh really and you're like yeah this, this is a big deal like oh that's cool yeah, i was only like, three years old or ex- something exactly when that they're like yeah who's cold mccoy who's cold <laughs> well that's right i think that's another great point and we, we'll pick this up because you're making you're, you're bringing new conversation starters there because that's like uh for sure and what is it something rod babers always says are, do you want to um what, what does he say do you do you want to play at texas or for texas yeah and learning things like this helps you become more for Texas. Like, yep. I, I, yeah, I don't, you know, do I want to play at Texas where I get to wear the uniform and get NIL money and, you know, be popular? Or do I want to play for the University of Texas? And that's just, that's in the community, that's on the field, that's a practice. And, and learning those things and seeing the passion of fans helps enforce that. But hey, this is a big deal, y'all. And, yeah. and I, look, I, I've got kids that are just come through that age of 18, 19, 20. It's that they, yeah, their eyes aren't always open to things and yeah. they do take things for granted. I think it's a, it's another great asset uh, that's going on with the NIL space and then how these kids are being forced or being allowed 
to grow up quicker and be, ex- be exposed to things that maybe they weren't before. Great stuff. Mark Higgins and uh, Nick Shuley. Ty is here. We'll pick it up, play a little round of Who Said That coming up. We'll also keep you posted on the Ryder Cup picks that are coming out. The uh, pairings are being announced right now and a big uh, festivities there in Rome. We'll get you details. It's Ian Rodby. Hook them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. Watching the uh, Ryder Cup, and you just said, Nick, surely that's a very European press conference. You were referring to the Tour de France days, the cycling. Yeah, it looks it looks like a cycling press conference. It's just, it just feels Euro. It's very extravagant. Yeah. Very formal. They do it for every sporting event. Like, they'll parade all the, cy- all the cyclists out there. They'll parade, all, like, all the stuff. It's a parade, it's, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a celebration of the athletes. I always found them very awkward because it was just yeah. like, there and there would always be, like, 20 people in the audience that were media and a couple people who were just, I don't know. It was always awkward. Cool. Uh, that's happening right now. And uh, we'll, as they post them, they're happening. But I'm going to wait till they're all out, and then I'll give you the pairings at the top of the next hour. Our fabulous fifth quarter is coming up. It'll feature a conversation with Ari Temkin, uh, Kansas grad, now host of Sirius XM's Big 12 Radio. His thoughts on Texas, Kansas, and uh, his Jayhawks, he called it. His Jayhawks coming in here. Uh, and Ari will tell you what you hear and why he won't be there because he's going to be hanging out with Taylor Swift, it appears, and we'll, we'll have that coming up. But, guys, I want to play some Who Said That. It's time for Who Said That. Like we have our little song. We need some Who Said That time because i got some good audio. <laughs> All right, see if you guys can guess who said this. He's a current Ryder Cup player, but this is talking about the the, uh, the immaturity of youth, right? And uh, not being certain. Listen, listen to this. This is a one of the uh, European golfers talking about his early experience. This is a this is about a four minute piece that uh, that my buddy Craig Flowers sent me. But uh, I think the beginning of it is pretty enlightening of uh, how young people can be immature and but then learn. Here's a, a little a little piece of sound. Am I looking at you for this? <laughs> It's not that important an event for me. It's an exhibition at the end of the day. Obviously, I'll try my best for the team, but I'm not going to go running around fist pumping. Who said that? All right, there we go. That was uh, Roy McIlroy talking uh, about heat, been my uh, guess. in the a letter. Accent. Yeah, where he said, uh, it's not a big deal. When he was first in it, he was like, oh, because, you know, you come up as a competitive golfer and it's it's a, it's an exhibition, not a big deal. I won't be fist pumping. But now the, that whole piece, I'll have to retweet it. It's really good because it just goes into the passion and the. I mean, now it's like this is the biggest deal. I mean, these are individual individual contractors and they play to win tournaments. But man, when they get on a team for their country or for their 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 homeland, it's a big deal. It takes it to a whole different level. You heard Bob Lou earlier this hour talking about how nervous he was while playing in his member guest out at the country club. <laughs> I've been there, man. It is. It's high stress, and uh, golf's hard enough, but that's fun. I will, we'll, we'll put tweet that. That's Roy McElroy, who is part of Team Euro. Team Euro. Uh, also, let's play this. I, I think you'll like this. We played it earlier, but this is uh, a former NFL coach talking about uh, what he saw on film, what the Arizona Cardinals did to the uh, Arizona Cardinals did to the Dallas Cowboys on this past Sunday. Here's what he said when he saw the film. Chuck, uh, this is a former defensive coordinator and head coach. Run at Micah Parsons. They came up with a blueprint, and damn did they run at his ass. And they put big bodies on him. He's a smaller guy. You get a tight end and a tackle and doubling him, I think Dallas is going to have some issues. All right, well, uh, and as somebody, several, you said it earlier, this isn't the first team to double team Micah Parsons, not the first team to run at him. I do think they were a little bit flat-footed, but that's Chuck Pagano. The uh, former Colts head coach, former longtime defensive coordinator, saying that's the game plan. Go right at that dude. 
And we'll see what the answer Dan Quinn has, right? Dan Quinn's got to be creative here because he he knows it's a copycat league. What the Cardinals did and had success with is something that the Patriots will look at and say, let's see if we can get this going. What What is the counter for the Cowboys this, this Sunday against the Patriots and Bill Belichick? Yeah, I, w- I Bill wouldn't. O'Brien. I wouldn't say they ran at him. I would say they ran towards his direction because I don't know that you run at Michael Parsons. Well, but but he's going to have to learn, and Ty said it. Ty used to do it when he was a defensive end at Westlake. He gets upfield too much sometimes, so he gets out of the lane. He creates the hole himself. TJ, uh, J.J. Watt used to do this for the Texans a yeah, lot, too. Looking he, for sacks. Yeah, looking yeah. for hunting for big plays, You know, tackles for loss and sacks. All of a sudden, you're out of your gap. You're not. There's now a hole because you were too aggressive. Yeah, I, that's if, if my Westlake coach, Coach Vostick, right now is listening, he probably is nodding his head in agreement with me because I got <laughs> drilled for it every day. You want to make the big play, but as a defensive lineman, you still have to know your assignment and, and do the dirty work, which sometimes – Do your job. I, I don't think do just job. Micah Parsons was guilty of this last Sunday either. I think the whole defensive line was a little bit giddy and thought they could have their way with that offensive line, that Cardinals offense. And it, it, and they got punched yeah, in the mouth. Exactly. Well, they took advantage of it. We, I mean, they, the Cowboys were looking for 10 sacks that game. You could tell. Like, they came out like, that. we're going to we're gonna do what we did. And the Cardinals had a game plan. I think Cowboy, the Cowboys just com- looked completely off guard. Yep, and then uh... – had all the, uh, they almost could had a chance to do what the Giants did the week previous. Remember the Giants fell behind twenty to nothing. Cardinals came all the way back and won that game, and the Cowboys had every opportunity but had to settle for field goals and couldn't score in the red zone. Hey, can uh, we play one more? This is a uh, who said this happens to be the, maybe the best young coach in all of football right now, and he might be the best interview or, or post game <laughs> chatter in the National Football League. Here we go. I do have a question about. Um, I heard about some dance lessons. Or, or ballroom dancing that you did back in the younger days? Never, never done ballroom dancing. I mean, I have been um, known uh, to have some ownership of the dance floor. Um, and, you know, if you turn some music on, have the ambiance right, maybe, you know, there can be some lessons had, but I don't think I would be the one learning them. Boom. <laughs> Confident? Isn't that great? Uh, oh, man. That is Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins. That's you, a great line. Have you all seen the video of him when he was the ball boy with the Broncos? Oh, yeah. Him saying, like, if I don't play in the NFL one day, I, like my life will be a failure. Yeah. <laughs> and he has, like, two hoop earrings. Like, he looks like such a dwe- like early 2000s dweeb. But, he's, a, he's a hipster from Aurora, Colorado, who grew up as a ball boy. for. That's how he met the Shanahan. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize he went to Yale. Oh yeah, he's super wow. smart. I mean, you can tell he's super smart. He's hilarious. <laughs> I have been known to have some ownership <laughs> of the dance floor. On the dance floor. <laughs> I feel that. Of course you do. Yeah, of course you do. Ty. Gotta own it. Gotta own Doesn't it. matter how good you are at dancing. That as is long true. As you own it. Dancing's all about confidence. Boom. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> there will be lessons being given. <laughs> Not about alcohol. I was about to say, it depends on how much alcohol you've consumed. <laughs> All, alcohol plus confidence equals great dancing. Yeah. Hey, the fabulous fifth quarter is coming. we got Texas-Kansas chatter. Your thoughts on the who said that? Mike McDaniel, ownership on the dance floor. we got the pairings for the uh, first round of action in the uh, first team competition at the Ryder Cup. We'll get you details on that. Coming back, hook them up with Ian Rod B. Nick and Higgs hanging out with Rod uh, doing daddy duty until Saturday. We'll be back.